You are listening to your community spirit. Those were monks chanting. Sounded a little out there. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded ethereal. (laughs) This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. You are listening to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Again, this is Ord Energy Mon, and let's talk about the climate. The climate could hit a state unseen in 50 million years. No, this is not a typo. Current carbon dioxide levels are unprecedented in human history and are on track to climb to even more. I don't know. <laughs> Do we want to talk more about this? <laughs> well, we have records. to. We have to talk more about this because we, if carbon emissions continue on their current trajectory, new findings show that by mid-century, the atmosphere could reach a site unseen in 50 million years. This is even when they had catastrophic problems in the world, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, relative to what we know, it would be seen as an extreme catastrophe. Back then, temperatures were up to 18 Fahrenheit or 10 degrees Celsius warmer. Ice was almost non-existent, and oceans were dramatically higher than they are now. The implications of the research, published on Tuesday in Nature Communications. Did you know Nature communicates with us? They have their own magazine. Are some of the starkest reminders yet that human and humanity faces a major choice to curtail carbon pollution or risk pushing the climate outside the bounds that have allowed civilization to thrive. Atmospheric levels of carbon dioxide have varied for millennia, fluctuating largely on natural cycles. Humans have added dramatically more carbon dioxide to the atmosphere since the Industrial Revolution, though, rising carbon dioxide from 280 parts per million to nearly 410 parts per million. This has turned the thermostat up about 1.8 degree Fahrenheit, or 1 degree Celsius, and caused a host of other impacts. Scientists have been able to track the historic changes in carbon dioxide through a number of methods, from air pockets in Antarctic ice cores to sludge on the deep sea floor. How would you like to go down to the bottom of the sea and like dredge up some sludge? Yeah, that sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job. The new research compiles 1,500 of these carbon dioxide estimates to create a view that extends... 420 million years. The carbon dioxide levels in the atmosphere today are ones that likely haven't been reached in 3 million years. But if human activities keep committing carbon dioxide to the atmosphere at current rates, scientists will have to look a lot deeper into the past for a similar period. The closest analog to the mid-century atmosphere we're creating would be a period roughly 50 million years ago known as the Eocene, a period which the world was completely different than the present due to extreme heats and oceans that covered a wide swath of currently dry land. The 
Quote, the early Eocene was much warmer than today. Global mean surface temperatures were at least 10 degrees Celsius or 18 degree Fahrenheit warmer than today. Dana Rowler, a paleoclimate researcher at Wesleyan University who co-authored the new research said, there was little to no permanent ice. Palms and crocodiles inhabited the Canadian Arctic, end quote. He stressed that even if we reach these carbon dioxide levels by mid-centuries, crocodiles won't suddenly appear in the Arctic. Yeah, it's not like they'll teleport just because it's warm. Yeah. (laughs) But because carbon dioxide stays in the atmosphere for centuries, climate change will continue to reshape the planet even if humans magically cut emissions to zero after hitting that peak. Yeah. So that's the scary thing is even if we eliminate our carbon pollution we might have already created catastrophic hotness we are we already might have kind of sent ourselves back to the eocene in terms of climate and it's uh i'm I'm glad to see i mean it's a horrible reality but i'm glad glad to to see see. i'm glad to see people talking about it okay i was gonna catch you yeah people often don't talk about it we talk about things that have a lot of context for like humans of like oh what's it going to be like in 2050 you know and that's important for things like policy. But when you think about the fact that we're putting so much CO2 in the air that it's going to be like the Eocene when we, we had almost no ice and crocodiles living in Canada. And <laughs> it's some perspective on where we're headed if we continued on our current road. And we've got one other, one other of these. We tend to get through some of the more like troubling negative stories before we get into the positive, uplifting, how we can change things. Oh, you're giving people hope that our stories are going to be better? Yeah, there's better things coming down the pipe here. But first, one more of these difficult ones. Climate change impacting most species on Earth, even down to their genomes. Three recent studies have illustrated just how widespread climate change's effects on life on our planet are, has already become. Quote, it's reasonable to suggest that most species on Earth have been impacted by climate change in some way or another, said Brett Sheffers with the University of Florida. Quote, well, that's a, wait a second. That's a big deal because Florida, the government there has passed a law that you can't talk about climate change yeah. if you work for the government, right? We've yeah. talked about that multiple times. So they've still got people over at the university in Florida who are talking about it. <laughs> and and it's a big deal because Florida will be one of the first places that basically go underwater. So yeah. they don't want – if they don't talk about it, they feel like they don't have to deal with it, right? Yeah. And I'm sure there is a, that sense of urgency in Florida. Here in southern Illinois, it'll take a lot of sea level rise for this sea to get to Carbondale, you know. <laughs> I mean it's it's theoretically possible, but it'll take longer. Um, whereas in Florida, it's coming for them already. So one of the studies, uh, Sheffers is the lead author of a landmark science study from last year that found that uh, just one degree uh, of Celsius, the current warming, has already left a discernible mark on 77 of 94 different ecological processes. That includes species genetics, seasonal responses, overall distribution, and even morphology. That's the physical traits including body size and shape. Quote, In many instances, genetic diversity is being lost due to climate change, not just in nature, but also in research, in resources that humans depend on, such as crops and timbers, Sheffer said. It is important to not confuse species responses and adaptations as an indicator that everything will be okay, end quote. 
Jefferson and his colleagues' findings are furthered by a study in Nature Climate Change this February that found that 47% of land mammals and 23% of birds have already suffered negative impacts from climate change. In all, nearly 700 species in just these two groups are flagging under climate change, according to this research. Yeah, so then there's a third study here. Uh, In worst-case scenarios, species are simply vanishing. A third study, this one in PLLOS Biology, found that more than 450 plants and animals have undergone local extinctions due to climate change. Local extinction, as its name implies, doesn't mean the species are gone for good, but that they vanish from a portion of their range. For example, the barren ground shrew has seen its range constrict aggressively as its tundra home warms. The barren ground shrew. Somehow they still survive when they live in the barren ground? (laughs) Yeah, and yet now they're surviving less because of global warming. So here's another quote. If global warming continues, species that cannot change or move quickly enough may go globally extinct. The study's author, John Weens, with the University of Arizona, said. If global society doesn't kick its fossil fuel addiction and quick, scientists estimate that temperatures could rise 4 to 5 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. Such a rise would not be as much as catastrophic as apocalyptic. Quote, One thing that is certain is that this global response to climate change points to an increasingly unpredictable future for humans, Sheffer said. Yeah, and there's a really uh, lengthy, detailed article about all these studies. Uh, if you email us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org, we can get some of that information to you. And there is a link in here for all three studies if you would like to read them instead of having the one-paragraph synopsis that we just provided. Yeah. And I like how the article also mentions that, you know, the species are adapting, but it's not necessarily all good adaptations. You know, they're changing, and in some cases it may help them to survive climate change. But in others, you know, it may just be a maladaptation and they won't survive. Now, in good news. The European Union utilities vowed to end coal after 2020 as Trump promises revival. In a historic pledge, the European Union's electric utilities announced on Wednesday they will no longer build... Okay, they didn't, they're not ending coal. Uh, yeah. They're just no longer going to build coal-fired <laughs> power plants after 2020, citing the need for action on climate change. Now, I'm going to disagree with this. Mm-hmm. It costs more to build a coal plant than any renewable energy resource. And yeah. so I'm going to say that they're actually doing it because it's cheaper to build electricity from any other source. Yeah. But okay, go ahead. Citing the need for action on climate change to guarantee, quote, sustainability of the global economy, end quote. The announcement came at an annual meeting of Euroelectric, the association pre- representing 3,500 utilities across the EU. National energy companies in 26 out of the 28 EU c- countries have joined the initiative, except for utilities in Poland and Greece. Quote, the power sector is determined to lead the energy transition and back our commitment to the low carbon economy with concrete action, end quote, said your electric president and chief executive of the Portuguese energy group EDP, Antonio Mexica, in a press release, quote, 
With power supply becoming increasingly clean, electric technologies are an obvious source for replacing fossil fuel-based systems, for instance, in the transport sector to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, end quote. In a statement adopted by Your Electric's board of directors, the group said that it would place a moratorium on the construction of coal plants within three years. The pledge, the statement said, was intended to help countries meet their carbon reduction targets under the 2015 Paris Climate Agreement. Quote, This commitment to decarbonize electric generation together with the electrification of key sectors such as heating, cooling, and transport will make a major contribution to help Europe meet its climate change targets, the director said. Yeah, and as you mentioned, there are also economic reasons for them doing this, I'm sure. Yeah. It's good to hear them at least talking about the decarbonization reasons, because then they can put pressure on other people to decarbonize. Now, we said that was a good story. Let's throw in a little bad twist to it. <laughs> well, let's actually get into the friendship drive before we get into our next story. Uh, we are in the midst of our friendship drive here on WDBX, the Spring Friendship Drive. Um, it's an opportunity to show your friendship for WDBX. And we had a really exciting event last night that I went to, the DJ Karaoke, and that was one of the things we're doing in honor. Was that the first time ever doing that? I think that's the first time we ever did anything like that. But I mean, this whole week, it's like, if you go to wdbx.org slash awesome week, there's just been a whole schedule of musicians and people supporting the station, and there will be live music all day today. Um, Different musicians stepping in and sharing their talents to support what we have, which is very unique in the world. There are not that many community radio stations, just a few dozen, maybe three dozen in the United States. And we have one right here in Southern Illinois. Yeah. And so I would like to ask you and thank you for listening to our show, but I would like to ask you to support us, be our friend, this is Spring Friendship Drive. Give us a call. 457-3691. I've been saying that number for 17 years. You'd think I'd have it memorized by <laughs> yeah. now. And WDBX.org also for the online listeners. Or people who just prefer to pay online. I like the best is just you do a, a, a pledge every month and just give. A, you know, that's what I do is I just give a little bit and they take it out each month. And so that's. It really helps the station by doing that because then they have, you know, they know what money's coming in and so they can plan things and not have to, you know, reduce things. Yeah. And I knew that too. I'm also actually going to give an extra little bit for the friendship drive too, just because I've been inspired by all the enthusiasm it's generated. WDBX.org 457 3691. All right. So, in some other. Solar-related news here. South Australia to get a $1 billion solar farm and the world's biggest battery. A huge $1 billion solar farm and battery project will be built and ready to operate in South Australia's Riverland region by the end of the year. That's pretty good turnaround. The battery storage developer, Lion Group, uh, says the system will be the biggest of its kind in the world, boasting 3.4, is that 3.4 million solar panels? And 1.1 million batteries. That is a lot of, that's a lot of work. I'm surprised they're even going to get that in in time. Company says construction will start in months and the project will be built, whatever the outcome of the SA government's 
tender for a large battery to store renewable energy. Align Group partner David Green says the system, financed by investors and built on privately owned scrubland in Morgan, will be a, quote, significant stimulus for South Australia. The combination of the solar and the battery will significantly enhance the capacity available in the South Australian market. Green said the project, along with a similar one it plans to build, would have gone ahead whether or not Port Augusta's northern power station had closed in 2016. So there's a lot of big debate going on right now in Australia about how to handle power. Like they're doing, they've got a big coal plant that they want to start, uh, some people want to start, and others want to go the solar route instead. Now I thought I'd throw this in, I read this on, uh, heard this on CNN yesterday, you wouldn't expect the museum dedicated to the coal industry to run on anything other than, well, coal. But a mining museum in Kentucky is soon to be solar-powered. That's right. The Kentucky Coal Mining Museum in Benham, owned by the Southeast Kentucky Community and Technical College, is switching to solar energy to save money. The museum, which memorializes Kentucky's history in coal mining, is modernizing with a new form of cheaper energy. Communications Director Brandon Robinson told CNN affiliate W. Y M T that the project quote will help save at least ten to eight to ten thousand dollars off the energy costs on this building alone end quote. Mm-hmm. The project includes it just says twenty solar panels. So I yeah. mean, um, the owner of the Bluegrass Solar says the system will pay for itself. I think everybody knows that what we're talking about attractions like this, these high volume, low traffic municipal attraction something has to give to keep their expenses down and so um it's a little ironic robinson said to wymt but you know coal and solar and all the different energy sources work hand in hand of course coal is still king around here (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm glad you remember that one i saw that too but i forgot to bring it up Um, i just like it's ironic. I think it's actually pretty appropriate, though. I think probably in the future, all sorts of museums dedicated to studying what fossil fuels are all about, they'll all be powered by, like, solar, wind, water, that sort of thing. Correct. Yeah. I mean, um, what do you call it? The oil industry all across Texas, a lot of their pumping stations and um, energy, they have solar all all across there. Because, I mean, yeah. it's, it is, you know... It makes economic sense. So, because yeah. whatever they say in their press releases about climate change or whatever, they're going to do what makes them money. Right. And so, solar is often the case for that. Yep. Solar means going green for the other green, you know, <laughs> in your pocket. Yeah. Some holidays coming up. Oh, it's National Beer Day. I'm going to have to celebrate National Beer Day later today. <laughs> so, I mean, it says Caramel Popcorn Day is most likely created by a popcorn maker. But I wonder, National Beer Day wasn't created by... <laughs> Probably beer brewers, you know. <laughs> just like, um, who created National Walk to Work Day, though? Oh, I don't know. People yep. who like walking places. I know who created No Housework Day. <laughs> Everybody. Everybody, yeah. It's like I wonder if I'll celebrate that one today. <laughs> we also have coming up, Draw a Picture of a Bird Day on Saturday and Zoo Lovers Day. Oh, Sunday is Name Yourself Day. I've already celebrated that one long ago. <laughs> I guess uh, technically I did too. I'm the Energy Mon. Yeah, and I'm Tree Song. <laughs> so. We've adopted our own names. 
Monday is National Siblings Day. You know, I haven't been keeping in touch with my siblings as much as I would like to. I need to give them a call by Monday so we get back in touch. Tuesday is Barbershop Quartet Day and National Submarine Day. So somebody who has a barbershop quartet needs to go sing in a submarine and post that video. Yeah. Or, you know, even if it looks like you're in a submarine. Or and, sing Yellow Submarine. I don't know. And then record it on an 8-track tape in honor of 8-track tape day. <laughs> Just like Wednesday is Big Wind Day. You know, that's the day that blows me away. Grilled Cheese Day and National Licorice Day. Russian Cosmonaut Day and Walk on Your Wild Side. Well, it doesn't say your. It says your wild side. It sounds piratey, right? And then Thursday is Scrabble Day. And, of course, April is National Humor Month. Keep America Beautiful Month. So, of course, towards the end of the month, we'll have Earth Day and the America's Recycles Day and also our you know big local cleanup. So all part of Keep America Beautiful Month. And it's also Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and there are events sponsored by the Women's Center going on related to that as well. And Stress Awareness Month. And, of course, right now we are celebrating our spring friendship drive. Go to WDBX slash, well, WDBX.org slash Awesome Week to see all the schedule. Today there will be live music in the studio from at least 11 to 3, right? And um, please give us a call, 457-3691, or go to WDBX.org. And right now, we are celebrating the 11 Days of Compassion, which is explore compassion, dialogue, conflict resolution, and embracing diversity in our community. All programs are free unless they're doing some kind of fundraising and located in Carbondale. A nonviolent Carbondale initiative online at nonviolentcarbondale.org. And this is the 11 days started on the 1st and will go through April 11th. Please go to the website for the very long, detailed schedule of all kinds of awesome events. Yeah. Nonviolentcarbondale.org. Yeah, the one I remember off the top of my head is the Human Library Project is coming up tomorrow. It's where you, you find someone who has some particular like aspect of their identity that you might want to learn about, and you get to borrow them, quote-unquote, from the library, hang out with them for a little while, ask them any questions you may have, learn about their life or their culture. That's cool. You, so you go to the library, and you just they have a, a bunch of people, and you just yeah. take them and check them out and talk with them. Yeah. Like instead of borrowing a book about their country or their life experience, you get to actually talk to a person. I got to do that at the high school last year, and it was probably the funnest and most scary thing I ever did because they asked, you know, very personal, detailed questions. Oh, yeah. And I suppose you don't have to answer, but (laughs) um, yep, I got asked to do that again towards the end of April. so. um. So also coming up, we have Earth Month. There are a lot of Earth Month events going on at SIU. There's a full calendar if you go over to the sustainability website at SIU. And a few of the ones coming up, they've got the first Friday Green Tour today at noon at the Innovation and Sustainability Hub and late night at the REC, uh, at the uh, REC Center. So, there's yeah, there's a whole list of them, and they're doing all sorts of things related to the Earth for 
Earth Month over at the Sustainability website on the SIU website. Hoot Nannies will be at 5 p.m. at the Touch of Nature Environmental Center on Saturday. And Sunday, Touch of Nature Trail Stewardship at 1 p.m. at the Touch of Nature Environmental Center. Yeah, and it's sustainability.siu.edu is the where the calendar's at. And of course, you know, coming up April 22nd is Earth Day. April 28th is Arbor Day. But this is Earth Month. Why not pick why pick one day to celebrate the Earth? Of course, you want to celebrate the Earth year-round. But Oh man, today is the sale to fight world hunger. Yes. I mean, I forget how many years. Oh, it says here the 43rd annual. I I always go to this every year because there is so much stuff donated to this awesome event and then the money goes to a bunch of great organizations and then they have hundreds of volunteers who help out. So it's very energetic. There's a lot of stuff. Um of course, you know, there's the one of a kind collectibles. I call them junk. Yeah. But there's some every stuff. time I go there, I find something that I didn't think I needed and I get it. But yeah. of course, you know, um, the boutique will feature designer brand clothing, purses and shoes, semi-precious and costume jewelry. Um, gorgeous hanging and bedding plants will be sold on Saturday as well. And then here's a th- unique part of this they have food available. Oh yeah, I remember lots and lots of pies and cakes and baked goods. Brownies, I and got sandwiches the last time. Yep, I usually get a whole tray of something. Yeah. Last year, over fourteen thousand dollars was raised to support eight local and six worldwide agencies that feed hungry people. Since nineteen seventy-five, this sale has been supported by churches in the community, raising over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So here's your chance to go buy stuff, and the money goes to organizations that really need it to feed people. Today, noon till 6, Saturday, 8 till 1, at the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church. Yes. Just absolutely tons of stuff. And also coming up, we have the WDBX Presents Blues and Brews at the Varsity Center. This is sort of the grand finale for the Friendship Week. That's today. That's today, yeah. So this has been Awesome Week. WDBX presents Blues and Brews at the Varsity Center tonight, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Did I mention it was at the Varsity Center? Come out and support WDBX Community Radio for Southern Illinois. What you're listening to, 91.1 FM. Tonight, 8 p.m. at the Varsity. Performers include Devin Miller and Tall Paul, American Lion, Joey Odom, Alex Kurt, and Kelvin. There will be a cash bar available for a variety of brews to choose from. Admission is only five. Wait, five dollars. There's one, two, three, four, five, six different musical acts. Yeah, and they even scheduled wait a it second. On National that's not even a dollar an act. <laughs> yeah, Man. that's quite the deal. Continuing the conversation. Tuesday, April 11th at 7 p.m. at the SIUC Newman Center. Each week, a group of community members meets on Tuesday night for continuing the conversation. The purpose is to build an interracial community based on listening respectfully to each other's life stories. 
As we listen to one another, we will be building a community that strengthens our understanding and compassion for one another. Please join on the SAU campus at the Newman Center at 715 South Washington Street from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesday. Yes, and Food Not Bombs is coming up not this Friday, but next Friday at 6 p.m. over at Gaia House. It's a free vegetarian meal, basically a big potluck where people bring different food, but you can show up and enjoy what they have if you don't have food to bring. And we wrapped it up in time. Don't forget the Friendship Drive, 457-3691. Give us a call and become a friend of WDBX. Or if you already consider yourself a friend, extend your friendship deeper and bond deeper with us. You can come and party with us tonight. You can pledge to give, you know, $15 a month. You can thank us in many ways because we have been doing this, our show, for 17 years, and we do this because you are friends. Yes, and thank Thank you you. for being a friend. (laughs) WDBX.org. If you're traveling, you can listen online. That's what I do. And so we thank you. Your community spirit thanks you. If you would like to contact us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and we'll see you again on the radio next week. Enjoy April. Earth Month is here. Let's celebrate. I ran out of stuff to say. (laughs) Enjoy. Enjoy.